Good evening, everyone. Would you join me in a word of prayer? God, I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditations of our heart would be pleasing to you. Pray that you would speak to us through your word, that even here now we might experience the, the liberation of throwing off all these things that hinder us, running with perseverance as we fix our eyes on you. We pray this in your name. Amen. I'm grateful that we can begin this uh, journey together to Easter. I was thinking about um, a dream that I have. I, I have this idea of writing a book someday that I think has the potential to make a fair amount of money. And uh, the title of this book is Lazy Dad Games. Um, I've, I've created a, a bunch of games that I am able to play with my kids that I'm able to do without uh, getting off the couch. And maybe I've shared some of these with you before. I'm not going to tell you all of them because I want to make money off the book. But, uh, but the, the one highlight that I, maybe I've shared with you is this game we like to play called Grabbergate, where I just lay on the couch and I just move my arm up and down, and the kids try and avoid getting caught between me and the, and the coffee table. And, and I proceeded to actually create a lazier version of that called Sleepergate, where I just then sleep, and just once in a while my arm will randomly pop up, and they're thrilled by this game, right? But I, I start with that story as an example of this common human condition that we all deal with, that we sometimes struggle to live up to our ideals, <laughs> that we struggle to put the energy into the things we value. I long to be that engaged dad, and yet sometimes at the end of the day, you just want to lay on a couch. It's hard for us to keep that motivation going. Thanks, Jacob, for handing those out. We got some lyrics for the end of the time. Sorry for the technical difficulties. But perhaps you can connect to that in your experience where there is this gap between who you want to be and the draw of the couch. It's a struggle for us to persevere, to be motivated, to live into the full ideals we have for ourselves. And I want to suggest to you that that's precisely the context in which this passage from Hebrews is written. The letter of Hebrews is written to a people who are drifting, a people who are struggling to keep up with this motivation to follow through with their desire to be disciples. And there are clues all throughout the, the book of Hebrews of, of some of their struggles. I'll just lift up a few here. We see in chapter 2 that the, the writer's concerned that they're just slowly drifting away. In chapter 3, he is concerned that they have a sinful and unbelieving heart that is causing them to, to fall away from Christ. Later in chapter 10, we see that they're struggling to um, keep up the habit of meeting together. Just the, the grind of, of discipleship and community has become hard. Many are just starting to not show up. And then lastly, we see in our text today just this language of feeling entangled and hindered. The more we learn about these people, we can start to understand what's caused this hardship for them. In chapter 10, we see that they've faced a lot of persecution. Some have lost property. Some have faced violence. And it's become just hard for them to continue on, to persevere, in the spiritual journey. And friends, I just wonder at the beginning of this season of Lent, 
If that may be names where you come today, do any of those words perhaps connect with your experience? Do you feel like you're drifting a little? Are you finding yourself maybe falling away, struggling to keep up those habits of community and connection? And I wonder if these words in our text name your experience today. Do you feel hindered by one thing or another, entangled, having trouble throwing off some of these things in your life that are holding you back from the life you desire to live? Do you feel the draw to the couch in your spiritual life, struggling to, to live into this vision of loving God and loving neighbor? I'm going to speak into that and hopefully speak some words of encouragement as we enter the season. My prayer is that this would be a season where we might experience some renewal, where we might experience some encouragement to persevere and continue on in this journey of faith. I notice how the writer of Hebrews is speaking into this situation, how he's seeking to encourage these people I believe our text is trying to reframe for them a vision of what this life with Christ is all about. They've, they've lost sight of it over the years as things have become hard, and he wants to hold up a vision for them of what life could be like. I think renewal begins by catching a vision that, that captures our hearts and, and spurs us on and in that direction to follow God. And one of the, the images that I noticed that is so central to grasping a vision for the spiritual life is this vision of living a life of freedom. That there is possibility for these people to experience some liberation in their lives. Notice that this central image of throwing off the things that hinder, the sin that so easily entangles. Friends, I think we need to reframe the call to follow Christ from time to time because it can start to feel more like this weighty drudgery. I've shared before from Dallas Willard, but he says that one of the biggest barriers to discipleship is the thought that it's going to ruin my life, <laughs> that it's going to be too painful, that it's going to ruin the party. I'm going to have to give up these things that I'm attached to and that I, that I love. And we have this picture of the Christian life as this this frustrating life that confines and constrains what I, what I want to do. But can we notice how the writer of Hebrews reframes this and suggests that this is a path towards freedom and liberation? I want to share this reflection from Thomas Merton, and it's his reflection on Ash Wednesday, which I think helps reframe it a little bit for us. And he, he says this, "...in laying upon us the light cross of ashes..." The church desires to take off our shoulders all other heavy burdens, the crushing load of worry and guilt, the dead weight of our own self-love. We should not take upon ourselves a burden of penance and stagger into Lent as if we were Atlas carrying the whole world on his shoulders. Penance is conceived by the church less as a burden than as a liberation. Perhaps that might speak to you as we, at the end of our service, feel the lightness of these ashes fall off our forehead, that this is an invitation not to stagger in and try and grit our teeth and harness willpower and try and not do something for 40 days. I think that's our vision of Lent. We're going to just try really hard. 
But could we see this not so much as a burden, as a liberation, an invitation to throw off these things that are hindering us, that are entangling us? That's part of the vision that this writer holds up for a discouraged people. But it leads to a, a deeper question, and a question that you might be asking, and and it's this question of how can we actually throw off these things that are, are, feel so heavy, that we are entangled in. Perhaps you've had that experience where you've uh, been weightlifting and realized you took on more than you could handle and had that panic moment where you realized you needed somebody else to come and help you take the weight off. Right. And maybe that's how this feels. There's some things I'd love to shake off and throw off, and yet they just feel so heavy, and I can't throw them off myself. And friends, that's the next part of the good news, the vision that is held up for these people by the writer of Hebrews. For he goes on to say that we have the capacity to move forward in freedom when we fix our eyes on Christ. The second part of this vision is to discover again that we have the very resources of God at hand, that God is here to walk with us, to take off the weight of shame through his grace and his forgiveness, to help us move forward in paths of freedom because of his power and his strength. We don't stagger into Lent carrying the whole world on our shoulders. No, we do so fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's look at verse 2 where we see these words. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer or author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So interesting to see how the writer of Hebrews is responding to a people who are drifting. They're not showing up for church on Sunday. They're struggling. They're discouraged in their faith. You know, in the Western church, as we see some of the, the struggles and the unraveling of uh, church in a post-Christian culture, sometimes we respond by trying to harness consumerism and entertainment. Maybe they'll come if we have more bingo nights and pizza. I'm all for bingo nights and pizza, by the way, <laughs> right? But that's sometimes the, the way our leadership has tried, leadership in, in the American church has tried to respond, let's try and make this more easy, more fun, more attractional. But instead, what the, the writer of Hebrews says to a people who are drifting is he points them to reclaiming a vision for who Jesus is. The whole book of Hebrews is this long, beautiful sermon describing what Christ has accomplished on the cross. They needed to hear that again. And friends, sometimes we're so over-familiar with the story that we've lost the wonder of it and the power of it. But I want to lift up for us again this hope that there is a God who walks with us and has the capacity to help us throw off these things that hinder, that so easily entangle. We see in our, our passage a couple aspects about what Christ does. And the first we see this focus on his journey to the cross, that he took on our sin on the cross. We discover again the grace that is available to us in Christ, that while we were still sinners, he died for us. But we also notice that there's this picture of Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father. 
And to me, this is this image of the resurrected and ascended Christ, and it is an image of power, of Christ ruling over all the principalities and powers that we battle. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, victorious over the things that seem so daunting, so overwhelming. We need to recapture this beautiful hope, this beautiful vision of a God who is bigger than the things that we face. As I shared a couple weeks ago from Martin Luther, we face a defeated devil in the company of a conquering Christ. And so as we journey into this season of Lent, I want to invite you into the possibility of renewal. And to get very practical here, there's, there's two questions that I'd invite you to reflect on this evening. And the first question is, what is God inviting you to throw off? What is God inviting you to throw off? What are those things that are hindering you? What are those things that are getting in the way of living a life of freedom? Now, I noticed something interesting in this text that It says, throw off those things that hinder and the sin that entangles. Those are two different statements, and it suggests that not all the things that are hinder are necessarily sinful or immoral in and of themselves, but they are things that are lesser goods, that are distractions, that are getting in the way. I wonder what those things are for you. What is God inviting you to throw off? Do you want to throw off the weight of material excess of shame, of bitterness and anger, of patterns and practices that are leaving you feeling empty. What do I need to throw off? But the second question is an important follow-up question. How then can I, in this process, fix my eyes on Christ this season? For you see, I think at times we have this tendency to focus a lot on this first question. We, we give up things and we have these desires to, to move on and, and make healthy choices. The problem is once we detach from those things, we actually have to reattach to something else. We have to hold on to Christ, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. In order for us to lessen the grip of these false gods, these false idols that have a a grip on our heart, we can't just rout them out. We have to replace them with a deeper hope as we fix our eyes on Christ. And that, that is my hope for us this season. That Lent is not just about giving things up, but fixing our eyes on Christ, focusing on him. So friends, I invite you into a season of renewal. I believe it is possible that us in our brokenness and our ordinariness and our humanness have the capacity to walk forward in freedom and faithfulness. The writer of Hebrews in the chapter before this lists this great cloud of witnesses that are meant to encourage us, to spur us on, those who remained faithful in the face of trials. And what I notice in the list in Hebrews 11 is that it's a list of pretty messed up people. There are murderers and liars and adulterers on that list. And the hope for them was not that they were somehow superhuman or that they were perfect. No, what enabled them to persevere was when they put their faith and their trust in God, when they fixed their eyes on this powerful, ascended Christ who has the power to help us on this journey of faithfulness. So friends, 
this Lent, I pray that we might heed these words. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off then everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Would you join me in a word of prayer? God, I look over this beloved group, my friends on this journey of faith, and we stand together equally in need of your grace and your strength and your help. We come feeling hindered in one way or another, some of us feeling entangled in things that feel so insurmountable and weighty. Some of us come today drifting, feeling disconnected from you. Lord, we call upon you in this season and ask that you would breathe new life and renewal into us, that we would have the capacity to move forward in liberation as we fix our eyes on you. Lord, we thank you for this call to repent and believe in the gospel on this Ash Wednesday. Lord, may we turn away from all that destroys and entangles and place our faith in you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, friends, we are going to have a time to respond today to this call to, to follow, to repent, and to put our faith in Christ. And to prepare us uh, for this coming forward, for the imposition of ashes, I'd like to lead us through a time of confession. First here, this call to confession from Psalm 130, where we read, If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Heeding that call to confession, I'd invite you to join me in this corporate prayer of confession as we say together, Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, and too deep to undo. Forgive us, Lord. Set us free from a past that we cannot change. Open to us a future in which we can be changed, and grant us grace to grow more and more in your likeness and image. Through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. I invite you to just sit in silence for a minute, lifting up to the Lord those things that you desire to throw off, to offer your personal prayers of confession. Friends in Christ, hear 
the good news of the gospel. It says in 1 John, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. We pray. Amen.